Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And week 10 is already off to a rocking start, Nick Jacobs. I think, I think in the Thursday night game between the Ravens and Dolphins, we saw the greatest illegal touching in the history of the NFL. I don't know if it's the greatest, but it's one of the better ones I've seen. I'm seen in my time. The, the, what, one of the greatest. Name, what, name a greater illegal touching that you've seen. John Tate in the Chiefs Browns game. You're drawing a dead silence. It's whenever they when Dwayne Dwayne Rudd took his helmet off and right, but that wasn't. I mean, the illegal. If were it not for Rudd's helmet, then that illegal touching wouldn't have. It wasn't the illegal touching that was the centerpiece of that play. For me, it was, but for you, it apparently you know, since you were never an offensive lineman, you don't have the joys of <laughs> catching a football and running with it. So <laughs> that's fine, Todd. You just showed your true colors. You don't care about offensive linemen. That's, that's right. I don't. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. It's not like those were the only people who who would talk to me in the Chiefs locker room, mm-hmm. other than Dustin Colquitt. Yeah, no, that's probably very true, man. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, one time I asked Don Terry Pope, he talked to me for a couple minutes. And like players are cool with me one on one, but like, you know, since I had a camera, they knew all the other cameras were gonna come over and just yeah. and just, you know, kind of be there while I asked questions since I had the camera and the microphone on some days when I'd go out there, Don Terry Poe was like, yeah, I was like, I'll I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And then he went into the restroom there and they have a door that goes out to the hallway. So players can get away. That's that's what he did. Never saw him again. No, I I used to, I saw him, I saw him the next week, but I just smiled at him. I was like, so man, hey, how about that interview? I was like, yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) That was always the advantage of being a newspaper reporter. Cause if, if I got a guy and it was clear that he didn't, wasn't really that interested in chatting with, with a, a lot of people, you know, you could just, uh, like kind of hide your recorder in the locker room. It was a lot less conspicuous than a, than an actual television camera. Well, and, it wasn't, uh, that wasn't the bad part is whenever you put up on your shoulder and had to turn on the light. Once you turn on the light, man, it was you, you, every single other just TV camera just congregated on it. So you had to you had to pick and choose your spots when you're going to talk to players that you wanted to talk to and kind of be more yeah. of a one on one opportunity. That's yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It was much easier for me with just a recorder and a notepad to get uh, a one on one, especially after a game, because that kind of gets crazy sometimes. Yes, I feel like we should talk about that in a podcast down the road about some of those locker room hijinks. I mean, the, the we got we got a lot of free time during the bye week and during one of those Thursday night games against the against the Chargers. The Chargers. Um, we do have uh, another game to talk about this week, but um, I do the greatest illegal touching in NFL history that we witnessed on Thursday. I, I'm not moving off that. Um, are you sad? I will never agree with that statement, but you can still <laughs> you don't, make you don't have to statement. You don't have to. I'm spit, I'm spitting facts here. <laughs> I do want to know though. It I mean, like arguable opinions, <laughs> and yes. <laughs> Every year, you know, the NFL kind of tinkers with rules and stuff like that. Would you like to see guard eligible plays? And I mean, how much fun would it be to see what Andy Reid could cook up if you suddenly let him have other other route combinations and route trees to, to design in his free time. 
Of course I want to see offensive linemen <laughs> eligible. That's how you take the NFL to the next level. And then it goes down to college and then it goes down to high school. And you have this new breed of athlete that is former tight ends that play tackle or guard in the NFL. And then that's how they, that's how they get their, their moment to shine. The amount of stuff that you can do goal line situation that I already thought out to where you do a guard pull and they think the guards pulling, but he's not, he's got the football and he's running in for a touchdown. That's what's going on there. Like the old fumble ruski, except you just, you don't, you just do the handoff. You don't have to fumble ruski it. I mean, dude, there are so many options there with that. And then you can do a swinging oh. gate formation with offensive linemen. You do a diamond formation, like the hungry pig that they did with Don Terry Poe. There are so many, there's, let me put it this way. Just like in step brothers, there's so much room for activities. It would be, it, it, it would bring a new level of excitement to the NFL doesn't mean offensive linemen are going to be successful, but somebody like Andy Reid would uh, shoot their shot on that, and there there'd be there'd be a lot of fun with that. There could just it's just another element to add inside the ten yard line that I think would or in short yardage situations on like a fourth and one that I think I, I just I think it just it keeps the game interesting and adds a new wrinkle and element to it. Because I'm telling you right now, the taunting rules taking a beating like that. The, the taunting rules have gotten ridiculous, and that. Yeah, yeah, that that, it's, that it's ruining the game. Yeah, the the penalty against Cassius Marsh, which <clears throat> I mean, it may have impacted the outcome of that Steelers uh, Bears game on Monday night. I mean, who knows? I mean, if if uh, if Pittsburgh doesn't get that penalty, get the field goal, and is down four on their final drive instead of down one or down yeah down two on that final drive or, or one whatever it was. Um, I mean, odd struggling with numbers. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, I, well, it, it's also partly because I'm trying to watch the end of this Ravens game. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, I mean, does Pittsburgh get in the end zone there? I mean, does, does the game play out the way that it had before? I and and I, I just, you know, I just, I'm not, I don't understand what that call was on Cassius Marsh. Um, and I was really, really mad when I when I thought it was for his flying roundhouse because uh, that was awesome. Um, you know. Uh, that was for, you know, that reminded me of necessary roughness and I was here for it. There should be more uh, flying roundhouse celebrations in the NFL, in my opinion, not fewer. Todd, I don't disagree with anything you said. <laughs> anything that make the NFL more exciting, let's do it. Minus referees throwing flags. Let's, let's listen, get it. Listen. Let's set it this way. There should be a quota for the amount of flags a ref can throw either against a team or in a half. And once they've met that quota, they just got to just play. Yeah, just all bets are off. <laughs> just, <laughs> you're just back to 1920s rules. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I just, mean, like, you can't slow down a game because you threw 25 uh, yellow handkerchiefs. You just, there's, there's a point where you got to stop. Or if they really want to, start penalizing the refs if they get past a certain number of, uh, of yellow handkerchiefs that they throw. And that start docking their pay. It's their own penalty. And then they pick and choose the correct spots to throw them versus just recklessly trying to do it every single play. Well, I mean, I'm glad Tony Carinti got his moment in the sun on Monday Night Football. Uh, and listen, there's, there is still a part of me who absolutely wants the Chiefs to be up like 30 to 7 late in the game one day and have Andy call a pop pass to Trey Smith with Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Orlando Brown out in front, knowing full well that it's going to be illegal touching. But, but draw up the play, run it anyway, 
eat the five yard penalty, it would be amazing. This is why they gotta they gotta make offensive linemen eligible. So we can, we don't have to dream of this or get a penalty. <laughs> would you it. want to try to tackle Trey Smith in open space with a running start? <laughs> and be, uh, and me personally, no. But I, I would enjoy watching. Other, <laughs> I would enjoy watching the fear in a cornerback when they see Trey Smith coming at him with the football. There would be a lot of. And business. they have to make a business decision. There would be like, a oh, lot of I'm business good. decisions made on I'm that good. football field. <laughs> Okay, okay. We should probably talk about this Chiefs Raiders game because it is the Raiders week. But I will say from watching the Dolphins Ra- uh, Ravens game, boy, I tell you what, Albert Wilson's a free agent next year, and I would not be opposed to him coming back with that type of speed that he's got down there. And then Emmanuel Ogba, if he wants to come back to Kansas City next year, those are those are two former Chiefs I would love to see return home. Yeah, I mean, it fills a couple needs too, right? Uh, Uh, okay speaking of wide receivers though um you know some of the news this week was deshaun watson uh, ultimately deciding to sign with or sorry deshaun jackson deshaun jackson deciding to sign with the raiders and then odell beckham jr um you know going to the rams um who are uh, clearly all in although i do want to say like i don't understand some of the memes that have been out there like the Rams, when they traded for Von Miller, you know, had that, um, you know, had that Malkovich, John Malkovich dropping the chips and, and rounders or whatever. And it's like, do they remember how, how that bet turned out? Like how that, you know, how that game of poker turned out. And then you've got Sean, today. I see after they signed Odell Beckham jr. They they've got Sean McVay wearing the Thanos gauntlet from the Marvel movies. And I'm like, do they remember how that worked out for Thanos? Like I, I, People need to work on their memes and like understand the full history of this uh, pop culture nerd stuff because it's getting under my skin. Well, Todd, maybe someday you'll be the guy that changes it all and comes up with that amazing <laughs> meme that uh, that helps reunite the world, like just, Jill and Ted do in half their movies. Just don't make trash memes, man. Like, come on. Um, <clears throat> look, Jackson obviously fills a need for them after losing Henry Ruggs, the third, um, who was cut a couple weeks ago, but is this a Josh Gordon situation? I mean, obviously Deshaun Jackson has been playing this year. He was cut by the Rams, um, you know, earlier this season, but is it, would it be unrealistic to expect him to have a big impact on this game? Just like, you know, we haven't seen a big impact from Josh Gordon the first few weeks since he's been on the, on the field, or do you think Deshaun Jackson can be a bit of a difference maker on Sunday? I mean, the reality is they may ask him to run a vertical, run a deep post, or tell him what route they want him to run a couple times if they make him active for the game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it it's – I mean, for me, it's – you know, there's – they're trying to replace Rugs with a guy that isn't going to be able to have as many sna- effective snaps. Right. But they're trying to replace his, his explosiveness – since they had to release him from the, the unfortunate um, and tragic car accident that he was involved in. So it, I mean, look, it, it is what it is in terms of Deshaun Jackson joining the team and being a part of it. But I mean, really what you're signing Deshaun Jackson for is to maybe help give you three explosive plays a game and, maybe play if you play him more than 20 times it's probably aggressive and it's 
you know, he's at a point in his career where like the hamstring is, that's a real, that can be a real problem at times at his age. So we'll see, we'll see what type of workload the Raiders give him. But I mean, look against the giants, they look, they look terrible. They didn't have any explosiveness. I mean, they had Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, and that's, that's the only way they were able to move the ball. So it was going to be a thing where defenses were going to take those guys away and you're going to either need Brandon Jacobs or Kenyon Drake to make up the difference. So it, I don't think Jackson will have a massive impact on this game, but I mean, the, the Raiders obviously feel like they, they just need some kind of threat to replace what they lost with rugs in terms of speed. Yeah. I mean, rugs was a leading receiver. So that's a, a huge uh, void to fill. And like you said, Darren Waller is one of the better pass catching tight ends in the league. Uh, we, you and I both loved Henry, Hunter Renfro coming out of, of Clemson um, and, and uh, you know what he's able to do in the slot. But there's a big drop-off from there to Brian Edwards or Zay Jones or, or guys like that. And, I mean, Deshaun Jackson probably, you know, c- can see the field with that group. But this isn't a team that runs the ball very well. So do you feel like this is a good matchup for the Chiefs from that perspective that, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, they, they've struggled at times more against the run this year. And the last few weeks when they've got the pass rush, going a little bit they've added melvin ingram jr in there or melvin ingram the third in there um you know and they've gotten teams in better down and distance situations on third down and been able to to use their uh you know the those those blitzes that, that steve spagnola likes to run you feel like this is a good matchup then for the chiefs defense and the way they're playing right now uh for, yeah for the chiefs defense i, I think it's a chance for them to kind of continue to settle in i I think without rugs, there's not a lot of explosive plays that they'll have to deal with for the most part. I mean, they, they definitely have to respect Waller and then they got to respect uh, Renfro, especially on third downs. They really got to pay attention to him on third downs. That's where he third and Renfro is. A, it's real. It's a real thing. So don't, uh, don't, don't ignore him on third downs, but from a run, from a run perspective, I Drake is explosive and he, he will give them fits. If they see, Sorensen and Neiman out there and some of the sub packages, they'll run screens with Drake all day and get some explosive plays off that. I mean, that, that'll happen, but I'm curious to see how they handle Brandon Jacobs. And I'm curious to see if Hitchens is as aggressive as he needs to be because Bolton, if not, man, put, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I never would have moved Bolton from Mike linebacker, but they, they but Steve well, Spagnuolo did. Steve Spagnolo likes the things that, Anthony Hitchens brings to the field and he makes everyone better is what we were told this week. So, yeah, no, I heard the presser (laughs) (laughs) doesn't mean it didn't, uh, didn't hurt him in the run game. against the Packers this past week because it did. Yeah. And part of me hopes that there's not some fool's gold there. Right. Um, Like I know that the chiefs only gave up seven points against the Packers, you know, and Hitchens was back in there in the middle, but Compare and contrast the play you got from the middle linebacker spot, you know, from the second half of the Washington game on compared to what you have gotten when Anthony Hitchens has been in there. I would find it hard to say that, that the defense was better and is better with Hitchens at middle linebacker than it is with Bolton at middle linebacker at this point. I just, I, 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 I think they're better with, with Bolton. I just don't think there's any, any questions. So. Yeah, spoiler alert, it's not better with Hitchens at middle linebacker. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. But, I mean, I, I'm excited for the future with Bolton and 
Willie Gay together. I mean, I'm excited about that. And if they keep Thornhill back at free safety, I mean, there's there's a lot of promise in that defense long term. It's just like there's certain the puzzle pieces have to go certain ways and they keep trying to fit square pegs and round holes in some yeah. spots. And it's like it's not working. Do you like receiving the checks that you get? Because a good way to make ensure that is to put certain players at certain spots. Yeah, no, I mean, I look, there's just the defense has played better with Juan Thornhill at, at free safety and with Nick Bolton at middle linebacker. And I mean, I don't think there's any way to argue that um, on the other side of the ball, it's just been a head scratching month for Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he's just not playing the way people are used to be to seeing him play. And that's not to say that um, fans don't have unrealistic expectations based on the last three seasons for Mahomes at times, but he, he's been, I mean, if you look at some of the advanced numbers and stuff like that, he's been average this year. Like he was very good to start the season. He's been pretty poor the last few weeks. And on balance, he's been an average NFL quarterback so far this season. Is this the week they can get some things going down the field, um, you know, and and finally connect on a big player too? Because they're, they're, they've been there. They've still had opportunities to take shots. They just haven't connected on them. And sometimes it's been Pat throwing a bad pass. Sometimes it's been a wide receiver, you know, stopping his route. Um, you know, on, on some of the third downs and some of the intermediate stuff, especially we've seen drop passes. Is is this the week that maybe they finally get it get it all together and they start looking like the offensive old, or do you need to see it before you're going to believe that it's going to happen this year? Well, the problem is they're going against defensive coordinator Gus Bradley, who was one of the original uh, one of the original DCs, as I'm going to call him. Um, instead of instead of OGs, it's going to be DCs. So one of the original DCs that um, helped design the rush that has been used a lot this year to where you have one one guy go wide nine and bull rush down uh, to Mahomes and the other one's kind of there in a contain mode. The Titans took what Gus Bradley did and used it a couple weeks ago, and there's some other teams that have used it in the past couple of years. And Bradley already liked to drop in his own coverage uh, on, on a regular basis, and Mahomes was held to some of his lowest totals against Gus Bradley defenses, whether whether it was the, uh, the Jaguars or whenever he was the Chargers D.C. So, mm. I mean – I, I don't know if they're going to – I think they're going to have more of the same problems in terms of being able to have explosive plays downfield. They're going to have to do a lot of manipulation in terms of levels and routes that kind of space out the zones. They're going to have to run a lot of trips, and they're going to have to flood a lot of uh, one side of the field to really overwhelm those zones. And and so there's there's going to be a lot of manipulation they're going to have to do to to get those zones to do what they need to. Yeah, and look, I mean, we've talked at length about some of the struggles the the tackles have had this year. Um, you know, I mean, Niang and Rimmers haven't been practicing, so um, you know, barring something really weird, it's probably going to be Andrew Wiley there at right tackle again. Um, you know, and unless Niang or Rimmers can come back and, and get healthy, um, and look, Max Crosby and Carl Nassib are tough physical players. They get after the quarterback. I mean they can create some problems on, on the outside and the chiefs have shown no real willingness to help those guys, uh, you know, like bring it, leave a tight end in or, or help them with double teams, stuff like that. So 
do you expect this to be a frustrating day for Patrick Mahomes as far as that pocket is concerned? Um, I think it will depend on how well they have the run game set up and how effective they are with the run. Cause that's, that's a good way to kind of slow down the Raiders. And that's, that's a good way to kind of keep the chains moving and have the down, the down and distance that are ideal for some of those short passes and some of those manipulations that they can do with the zone coverage. So if I'm, if I'm the chiefs having a steady run game, having some play action off of it, it's going to help in some spots as well. And then, like I said, with the kind of flooding, the side of the field and running some trips and, and those formations is that's, those are going to be key, but I mean, look, Max Crosby is a talented guy. He's going to give, he's going to give Orlando Brown some fits. He may give Wiley some fits if they move him over there. And then, you know, Nassib's a relentless guy, not, not necessarily the most athletic individual in the world, but he's, he's got a high motor as they would call it. Yeah. So it'll, we'll see for the most part what ends up happening, but I mean, the Raiders just don't have the same fire that they did before John, John Gruden was there. And then also, um, and they got in Daku as well. And he's not, he's not, he's an okay. I mean, he's not the same rusher he used to be before he got traded twice. So they'll, they'll have their issues and spots and it'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But I mean, the, the Raiders, I will say this, the Raiders offensive line of old isn't, it just isn't the same as what it was before they decided to remodel it and overhaul it this year. Yeah. So the Raiders run games, not as effective as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they, they can't line up and play bully ball like they used to when they had Rodney Hudson and, and Trent huh. Brown and those guys. So, so I, I, on balance, I think this is a good matchup for the chiefs, but look, it's always tough when they play the Raiders. These games are always close. You know, it's going to be close out at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday night. It's the game uh, on KSHB 41. I should probably point that out, you know, since they are our employer, Nick. And uh, um, there will be an hour-long countdown show at 5 from 5 to 6 if you want to get ready for the game instead of monitoring your fantasy team. Um, and, uh, you know, then, of course, the game kicks off at 720. Um, I do think – so I wrote about this at, at KSHB.com, um, and I do think it's, it's worth pointing out. Um, in the five wins this year – uh, Patrick Mahomes is 18 of 37 with four touchdowns and no interceptions on, on throws, uh, where he targeted a player 15 yards or more downfield. Um, he's nine of 28 with one touchdown and three interceptions on those throws beyond 15 yards in their four losses. Um, I will say this though, he's only five of 17 with, with no touchdowns in the last two games, which is also why they've struggled offensively. I think a little bit, uh, they've only, you know, averaged. You know, they scored 20 against the Giants and 13 against the Packers. So I, I do think that that's a critical piece is finding those chunk plays in the passing game, you know, cleaning that up. I mean, that's the difference between when the Chiefs have been humming at times and when they've struggled. So. Good job, Todd. Good stat, Ronnie. <laughs> All right. Hey, did the Chiefs, I want to ask you this. Did the Chiefs pick a good year to be a little bit off though? Um, and the reason I ask is because, yeah, they're sitting there at five and four. Yeah, fans are frustrated. The defense was terrible to start the season. The offense has had its struggles lately. But they're still sitting there right in the thick of the playoff race. And I just don't think there's a great team in the AFC this year. I mean, if you had to pick, who is the best team in the AFC right now? Because 
the Titans, who have the best record, and they've, they've been on an impressive run here, no doubt. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They went and beat the Rams. But they also lost Derrick Henry, which I think is going to take a toll on them at some point as the season goes along. The Ravens just got smoked by Miami on Thursday night football, right? I mean, the Chargers are the third-place team, um, and I don't think that they're a dominant team. They've got their own issues. The Bills just lost to the Jaguars. I mean, you've got the Raiders, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Browns, the Bengals, the Broncos, all in the playoff mix right now. Who's the best of that bunch? Well, I mean, the Titans are still they're, – they're still the, the best overall um, in that regard. I mean, they're, they're the most <clears> – <throat> They're the best at, at being in, in close game situations and playing against tough opponents and really being able to dig deep and be able to win in whatever way they need to. So like the Titan, the Titans right now, they're they're kind of the they're kind of the team to beat with or without Derrick Henry. We'll see what happens in the weeks ahead, but that's kind of they're kind of at the top of the top of the hill right now. The Ravens problem that they've had is they've had too many close games this year that people didn't realize throughout the season. And like they they would still come out with the win, but there was times like the week after they played the Chiefs, they barely beat the Lions on our on our record you know record setting field goal, and then they they struggled and pulled and pulled out a win against the Colts, and then they honestly if the Vikings had their stuff together they should have beat the Vikings should have beat the Ravens last week at their place. So I mean yeah, and they were they were down double digits to the the Colts. Um, you know, in the second half of that game before they came back to win it. I mean, there's, so, been... I mean, there's potentially including the chiefs if the chiefs don't fumble, the Ravens potentially could have, could have one, two, three, they could be three, three to six four right more now. losses. Yeah. They could yeah, be three and six three right four. now. They've had the bounces go their way. That the chiefs normally did in the past. So the Ravens have been the team that's been lucky to this point, but yeah, that, that loss to the dolphins, that's, that's a big loss. And that kind of, that's going to re-energize some teams in the, in the AFC playoff picture. But I mean, if you look at the Ravens coming down the road here, I mean, the Ravens have the Browns, the Steelers, the Browns, the Packers, the Bengals, the Rams, the Steelers. So the Ravens don't exactly have a, don't have an easy road here at this point. So, I mean, the, the Ravens, they're going to have a, they're going to have some, boy, they're going to have some tough games ahead of them coming up here to where they could, they could easily lose three more of those, if not, if not four. And then, you know, they're at, they're at six losses. So, I mean, the Chiefs are in. The Chiefs are in a good position to where, if they can catch fire on offense and continue to play defense the way that they are, they'll be more of what fans expected in the past. But a big part of that's going to have to be Travis Kelsey getting healthy during the bye week, Tyreek Hill getting healthy during the bye week, and Josh Gordon really starting to come on. Those those are going to be keys for them to really get to where they want to go from a playoff perspective. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Titans don't have the toughest schedule remaining. I mean, they do have games like the Steelers. They got, they've got they got a game with the Dolphins, who, who we, I know were capable. They've got to go to Foxborough and play the Patriots. But those are the toughest games they have remaining. So I I'd still I agree. They're still probably the favorite. I just – it's hard for me to believe that they are going to the Super Bowl if if they don't have Derrick Henry. You know, if they're having to rely on Jeremy McNichols and an aging Adrian Peterson – as their bell cows down the stretch, you know, in December and into the playoffs. So, you know, I mean, look, if the chiefs take care of business and they're six and four, that'll be an identical record to when they lost to the Titans um, in 2019. 
in Patrick Mahomes' first game back from the knee injury before they caught fire um, and went on to win the Super Bowl that year. So I don't think the sky is falling for the Chiefs quite yet. Um, you know, and, and I hope fans have some perspective. They they go beat the Raiders, and everything that they that they hope to do this season is still out there for the taking if they can put it all together. Yeah, I mean, the, the, they caught a they caught a huge break with the Packers with Aaron Rodgers not being there. Sure, and then if they can if they can beat the Raiders, and if they can if they can catch the Cowboys at the right time, like those those would all be really really big um, helps for them down the stretch here. Get get the bye week to get healthy. And then you got some shots to chip away at the AFC West for the most part and take that back. And then we'll see what happens with the Steelers and Bengals. But I mean, the, like everything's still in front of them for what they want to accomplish. But I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I mean, Gordon's really going to have to become that number two that they need to kind of keep this offense humming in the way that it needs to. Because from watching coaches film so much of their problem right now, when they don't have issues at the tackle spot that's kind of messing with the pocket and, and Mahomes' comfort level in the pocket, is receivers' abil- inability to get open if they're not Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, look, I mean, Kelsey had the uh, – I mean, Kelsey's had the neck injury since the Bills game, and I, I personally believe that's that's affecting him. And <clears throat> for Tyreek Hill, he's had the quad issue, <clears throat> you know, uh, early on in the season, and now the, on the injury report it says ankle. And I mean, you see him limp sometimes to the sidelines. It's not insane that he can't play, but you see a little a little hitch in the step. And then, you know, I mean, I I I I don't think the cleats are the issue for whenever he has some of the when he slips on some of his routes. So I just I think the, the I think those guys need a bye week more than anybody else. And Mahomes probably needs a bye week, and they all need to reset from football. But man, if they can get these two wins and give themselves a chance to really reset, I think that'll be that can be huge for them down the stretch to potentially make their playoff run. Yeah. All right. It's trivia time, Nick. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. There are two teams in the AFC West that have uh, a negative, a minus point differential and two teams that have a plus point differential. All right. So two and two, who has the best point differential in the AFC West right now? Broncos don't score a ton, but they had one or two big games. Um, originally, and honestly, originally it's probably the Chargers and Chargers and Raiders, and the Chiefs and Broncos are the ones struggling. Now, it's a, the Denver Broncos, believe it or not, um, have the best uh, point differential at plus thirty-four on the season right now, um, and then Las Vegas is plus seven. But how much of the Broncos came from the Dallas Cowboys game? Well, I mean, 14 points of that. Um, they, they would still be leading without that game. The, oh, the, the Jets. Okay, so the Jets is where it came from. Yeah. They, they beat them 26 nothing. Yeah, so the Chargers are minus two and the Chiefs are minus six. So the Chiefs actually have the worst point differential in in, in the league. Are, are, are people maybe overlooking the Broncos a little bit? I mean, because those numbers surprised me when I was looking at it when I was looking at the standings this week, that the, that the Broncos point differential w- was better. Um, and by a wide margin th- than the chargers, the Raiders or the chiefs, who I think most people, you know, presume are the better teams, but are the Broncos a contender? You think, or are, are the Broncos, do, do people need to 
worry a little bit more about them? Is this a little bit more wide open of a race for like a four, true four team race than people think? I think their quarterback play keeps them from a lot of it, but they really, really need Tim Patrick to stay healthy during a contract year because he's, he's been a huge part of their offense and kind of keeping them moving the, keep the chains moving in, in that regard. But I like Javante Williams too, the running back. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they got the chargers and chiefs coming up twice and then they still have the Bengals, and then they even got the Raiders again. So when they lost to the Raiders by 10, so I, I think the AFC West will kind of potentially keep them out of the playoffs, but when there's, like I said, I mean, you know, Teddy Bridgewater quarterback, he, he has some good days, but if, if you can take Tim, uh, Tim Patrick out of the picture, that, that causes some hiccups for him. So there's a, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, don't get me wrong. The Broncos have a physical defense. Like they, that's, that's what's kind of kept them in a lot of games and kind of been able to help them, help them get to the point that they're at right now. All right. Your Lombardi trophies on the line. Are the chiefs winning the AFC West or are you betting that the chiefs are still going to pull this thing out? First off, I will never bet my most prized possession <laughs> on the planet for anything. So let's let's get. I thought that. I I thought I'd give you an autographed headshot. That's not your most prized possession. That will never, ever, ever be in the top fifty. It said love and hugs, Todd, and I was smiling. It's a solid pass there, <laughs> Sir Todrick. A solid pass. <laughs> so good try, though. I mean, it's very thoughtful of you. Yeah, but I, I just I do what I can. Know. I just, you know, I, I think we should uh, table that idea for a, for another time. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I mean, if the Chiefs win this game against the Raiders, do you say they are the favorites in the AFC West again? No, I, I mean, do I want them to be sure? But am I going to definitively say that? I, I, I still don't know what Chiefs offense is going to show up right now or what Chiefs team in general is going to show up. There's just – there's no consistency. So, I mean, look, the defense has put some games together, and you hope they keep putting games together and they can be that reliable presence right now. And you're hoping the special teams can play out of their mind like they did against the against the Packers. But <clears throat> this Chiefs offense right now is really going through a slump, and if you're going to pass more than 61% of the time, you need a reliable number two to be able to help – take pressure off Hill and, and off Kelsey. And right now they just don't have that. And they don't have a dynamic running back that can take advantage of the even boxes that they're getting because of the, uh, the two safeties back. So it's, you know, it's little things here and there that are keeping them from being an efficient offense after their first 15 plays. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it shakes out, but don't get me wrong, man. I hope they do. Like, I want to watch fun Chiefs football again. I don't know if we'll get it back this year or not. I hope, I hope we do, but I don't know. All right. Well, I don't have a whole lot else. You don't um, have any thoughts on the Odell Beckham situation with him with him saying no to the Chiefs? Were you sad? Were you sad that Odell chose elsewhere? I mean, kind of. I think he would have helped. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of his contract is based on team incentives and things like that. But the Chiefs didn't have as much money to offer as the Rams or the Packers apparently did because. Reports say that both those numbers uh, were roughly even. He ends up, depending on how the team does, it's it's four point two five million. I mean, the Chiefs could have could have probably 
fudge the salary, you know, the, the, the signing bonus and, and, and salary that he's getting for the rest of the year uh, in there. And, and yeah, I think he, he could have helped. Um, I don't think that he's vintage Odell Beckham jr though. So I don't know how dramatically he would have helped. Um, and, and part of me is going to worries like what adding him to the locker room would have, would have, you know, potentially done to the locker room, but it would, he have been an upgrade over, over McCole Hardman jr, Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. Would he have made the team better? Yeah. I, I think it's hard to argue that he wouldn't have. So from that standpoint, um, you know, it's, it's a bummer, but I, I, I don't think that like had the chiefs gotten him, I would have been like, Oh, they're super bowl contenders again. I don't, I don't know that I would have felt that way about that signing. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I hope the Rams don't uh, don't struggle mightily and don't make the Super Bowl. I'm going to root against them every <laughs> chance I get right now. Not because Odell Beckham, just because I don't like him in general. I don't, I don't like Sean McVay. So I'm going to root against them every chance I get. Yeah, but I'll say this, man. If I'm if I'm a Rams fan, um, I if I'm a Chiefs fan and, and I feel, you know, and I'm frustrated with, with, with Brett Veach and I see – the all-in moves that Les Snead has made um, to try to go win a Super Bowl this year. Like, as a fan, I love that. Um, at the same time, I if it ends up costing the Rams the ability to, to, to keep guys like Cooper Cup to, you know, and, and Ramsey and Aaron Donald and, and all the guys they need to keep around if they want to keep this window of, of success open, um, and then you forfeited all your draft picks and the ability to restock. I mean, we've seen what happens, you know, if, if you miss, if you don't have many draft picks and you miss on a few of them, um, it, you know, it, the, the roster gets really thin at the margins and, and the team struggles overall as, as a part of that. I think the chiefs have learned that lesson or trying to guard against it. Um, you know, the, the Rams may be about to learn a similar lesson here as time goes on, but, and I hope they learn it. But I hope they learn it for a long time, Don. At the same time, let it burn. If you got a chance to win a Super Bowl, you know, and, and you know, I mean, I think it's probably worth it because that that cements your legacy, right? I mean, we talked about when when Andy Reid won, that cemented him as a Hall of Fame coach in the NFL. Like that was the one hole on his resume, and he finished that at Super Bowl Fifty Four. And I think everybody acknowledges now Andy Reid is a surefire Hall of Famer. Same for for. McVay for Les Snead and Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. You know, I mean, they, you know, McVay got him to a Super Bowl, but that's the one hole on those guys' resume right now. They've done just about everything else, you know, um, you, you can, um, you know, and so I, I get the impulse to go to go after it. And I, I think the Rams, I mean, I thought the Rams were probably the best one of, if not the best team in the NFC before they went and got Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. So I still would, would say they're the they're probably the favorites in the NFL right now. Let it burn. And having said that, they just got beat up on by the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night football. Um, you know, and again, of course, that was a game where Tennessee had less than 300 yards. So again, I just don't think there's a great AFC team. It does, it does crack me up though that they they were they released one diva after the trade deadline to pick up another diva. No, it is it, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, Deshaun Jackson wasn't happy. And if you have a choice chance to bring in Odell Beckham jr. 
why not? I mean, he's, he's not, he's gotta be one of your top three or four receivers on any roster in the NFL. Um, but yeah, no, it's curious. I mean, I, you know, uh, um, I, I can't say that I hope it works out for him, but I, I, uh, I wish them best of luck through the NFC, con- uh, NFC championship game. I don't wish them any luck at all. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I mean, who, who would you rather see than the Buccaneers? I guess, I, I guess we could still root for the Cardinals. Maybe. I don't know. That would be a refreshing change of pace. I will root for any NFC team, but the Rams. (laughs) So, all right. Well, like I said, um, five minutes ago, I got nothing else. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm good to go at this point. I'm good to go. I'm ready to go bye-bye in the car. Would you say that we're done here? As Steve Cat would say, I'm, I'm ready to go bye-bye in the car. All right. Well, with that, take care, kids.